Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. He sat sideways in the driver's seat with the door open, pulled his boots on. The air was cold and smelled of sulphur, drifts of steam rising from the gates. He got out of the car, stood in the street to put his coat on, leaned back inside for his bag and hat. He locked the car, put his hands in his coat pockets and walked up to Tanakai Street, looking idly in the shop windows. Midday on a Tuesday, and there was scarcely anyone about. He stopped at the lights, waited, then crossed over. In the middle of the next block, there was an Irish bar, a sign in the window claiming they served the best Guinness in the country. Not just Rotorua, the whole country. He read the menu posted beside the door. It was three hours since he'd left Ratihi, and all he'd had was a cup of coffee. Through the glass in the dim interior, a flicker of orange flame, but no screen that he could see. No sport. He pushed open the door and stepped inside. He ordered his Guinness at the bar, took a booth in the back, near the fire just recently lit. He was the only one in the place. He put his bag on the seat, laid his coat beside it and put his hat on top, picked up the menu from the table, looked at it, then put it down again. The sound system playing Stormy Monday, but Tuesday is just as bad. The woman brought his beer on a tray, smiled at him as she set it on the table. There you go, doll, she said. Did you want something from the menu? I believe I do. He asked for the beef and mushroom pie, some garlic bread, and she said, sure thing, doll, smiled again and walked away. Doll, he thought. She was at least ten years younger than him, fifteen even. Better than sir. He drank some beer wiped the foam from his upper lip with his palm, wondering what the word for doll was in Māori. Maybe when she came back, he would ask if she knew. Or maybe not. There was an old blue bandana in his bag, and he took it out, used it to dry his hand. He dropped it on the table, reached back into the bag for his book. He read a few pages, drank some more beer, then the front door opened and a group of people came in, and with them again that touch of cold, that hint of sulphur. The smell, the steam, all the weird carvings with their outsized tongues and wild eyes. A certain strangeness to everything. Like it was not his country at all. In truth, he had felt that way almost constantly these last three years, no matter where he went. Except here... He really was a tourist, indistinguishable from the ones going by outside. He might even stay a day or two, get a room with a private spa and relax, because these days weren't going to last forever. He finished the beer just as the woman came with his food. She had rolled up her sleeves and there were faded homemade tattoos on her forearm 
indistinct against the brown skin. She took the plate from the tray, her hand stopping for a moment when she saw the blue bandana on the table. Her eyes flicked up to his face and then down again, seeing a middle-aged white guy with a handkerchief, and that was all. There you go, doll. Enjoy. Thanks, he said. He asked for another Guinness, and then he said, You know, I don't even know how to say thank you in Maori. Whakawhiti toi, she said. Whakawhiti toi. Thank you. She smiled. For a second he thought she was going to laugh. No worries, she said. He told her thank you again in Māori when she brought the beer. He ate his lunch thinking about all the things he didn't know. You were supposed to get smarter as you got older. Still, there were things that never occurred to you. How to some people, the colour of a piece of cloth signified something wholly outside your experience. Like when he came back from London that first time, when Reagan was president and there was still a Soviet Union. He was wearing an old motorcycle jacket. Affixed to the left sleeve was a Watford and District's Ladies' Bowling Association patch, a hammer and sickle badge. He had strolled blithely through the customs hall of the airport in Houston until a female customs officer behind the counter spotted the badge, pointed at him, then beckoned with an ominous finger. He wasn't that stupid anymore, mostly, though he had still managed to misread any number of signs over the years. What had got him here? Rotorua, on a cold Tuesday in May, alone, with no particular place to go. On his way to Auckland, sure, but that was only to put a few things in the storage unit. And after that? He pushed aside the empty plate. Two beers had their effect and he thought about having another. Decided he should probably find a room first, unload the car. Then he could do as he pleased. He put the book and the bandana in his bag, stood up and put his coat on. The sound system started playing The Boys Are Back In Town and he stood for a minute in front of the fire listening to Phil Lynott sing. Guess who just got back today? He tried to remember how long since he'd been in Auckland last and after counting back, it was more than a year. There were people there who would be glad to see him, though no one would be writing a song about it. He went to the counter, paid his bill. He said thank you in English this time, and the woman smiled, told him to have a nice day. He said he would try. Stepping out into the cold, he felt pretty good. He walked down the street, waited at the intersection for the lights to change. There was a music store a few doors down the cross street. When he came back into town later, he would take a closer look. Crossing the street to the next block where he'd parked the car, not really paying attention because he knew where he'd left it, but as he got closer, he realised with a sudden lurching dismay that he couldn't see it, and that was because it wasn't there. He stopped, looked back up the street, but he knew he wasn't wrong. That was the pharmacy whose window he'd used to guide himself into the parking space like the old man had taught him. It was just that there was now a red Corolla parked where his wagon had been. Mother, he said thinking for one hopeless second that maybe it had just been towed, but he knew it hadn't. Forty-five minutes to drink two beers and eat a pie, and in that time someone had stolen his car. 
Not just the car, but his bike on the back and all the things inside and the thought made him feel sick. The main street of Rotorua, in broad daylight. Jesus Christ. His left hand gripping tight the strap of his bag where it hung over his shoulder. He unzipped the pocket, took out his phone. He pushed the button, held the phone in front of him, staring at the screen, trying to think. It could have been five minutes ago, or 40, or anywhere in between, and he could call the police or not, and whichever option he chose, there was no good result that he could see. He looked up and down the street again, as if some answer might be found there, but no. Then he turned to look in the window of the pharmacy. The counter was at the rear, and he could see a woman in a white smock, a customer waiting. He could go in there and say, Hey, did you maybe happen to see someone stealing my car? But he knew already what the answer would be. He put the phone back in his bag. Jesus Christ, he said. What the hell are you going to do now? When the woman in the pub saw him come through the front door, she smiled again. So you couldn't keep away, she said. A man sitting on a stool at the end of the bar going through a pile of invoices with a pencil, a beer in front of him. He didn't look up. Yeah, he said. I was going to keep going, but some mother... He paused. Some person stole my car. Seriously, the woman said. Wow, that sucks. Yep, he said. What was it? The guy still looking down at his invoices as he spoke. Was. A Subaru, he said. Legacy. Wagon. Yeah, the man said, raising his head to look at him now. They like those. Where'd you park it? Two blocks down. He shook his head, raised up his palms. Anyway, he said, turning back to the woman. If you could give me a double makers on ice, that would be swell. Sure thing, doll. He put his hand in his coat pocket for the money. Probably we could cover that, Hino, the guy said. I mean, if you were in here when it happened. Thanks, he said. Appreciate it. The guy looked at him. It's been a spate lately. What the paper said? A spate. Usually they're getting them off driveways out in the suburbs, but here in town, two blocks from the cop station... Oh, I guess you just got lucky. Lucky, he said. Yeah. The woman put his drink on the bar. There you go, doll. Sorry about your car. Vegas is usually pretty good for tourists. Mostly they just steal from their own. Thanks, he said again. He nodded once to each of them, picked up the glass. There were a few more tables occupied now, but the booth he had sat in earlier was still empty. He placed his bag on the seat, took off his coat and laid it beside just as he had before. Only everything was different now. The fire had heated the room. The stereo was playing some anonymous R&B song and all of his stuff was gone. He had forced himself not to think about it walking back here. It wasn't as if he'd needed a drink. That wasn't going to help. He just needed something familiar to grasp onto and suddenly this place was the closest thing to familiar he had. He picked up the glass, ice chunking together as he raised it to his mouth, swallowed. He was wrong, of course. The churning in his stomach eased the instant the liquor hit. 
He took another swallow, breathed in, out, felt the ratchet which tensioned all the wires strung tight throughout his body slip back a notch. He put the glass down. Okay, he said softly. Okay. He took the phone from his coat pocket, pressed the button. It was just after one, so maybe an hour since he'd parked the car. Trying to think things out logically, but there wasn't much to think out. Whoever had lifted his wagon knew exactly what they were doing, and the first thing they'd do would be to get it off the street. Why, there was no point calling the police. They'd just tell him to come to the station, file a report, make, model, registration, and were there any contents? Well, let me see. Two guitars, a red Gibson 335 and a black and white precision bass, an amplifier, a large black Gladstone bag filled with music gear, along with the sawn-off barrel of a shotgun. A pack with all his outdoor gear in it, as well as the sawn-off stock of the same gun. A box of shells, a garment bag with two suits, some shirts, a pair of Italian shoes he'd bought when they went to Florence, and in one of the side pockets, his laptop. Eight ounces of pot in a black supermarket bag sealed with duct tape, his typewriter. A soft oilcloth bag that had various things in it, including the one photograph he had of him and her on their wedding day and the shotgun's action. His bike. And in a blue cardboard document box, a typewritten manuscript of some 300 pages that he didn't want to think about because that made him sickest of all. He drank the rest of his bourbon. It was a list he would never present to anyone. Even if he left out the shotgun in the pot, the cops were just going to think him an idiot for leaving all that in a parked car. They'd tell him they'd let him know if any of it turned up. He didn't have insurance, mostly didn't even lock the car when it was empty. Quite possibly, he was an idiot. But how else could you get your possessions from A to B without putting them in your car? How did you get from Dunedin to Auckland without stopping once in a while? You didn't. You stopped. Then you just got lucky, like the guy said. Or not. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.